Welcome to KathleenWitten.org. We believe that Kathleen's message will inspire you, encourage you, and give you a fresh perspective on life. Now, here's Kathleen. This is the fourth message of our Snapshot of My Savior series. And um, I want you to just imagine it as you turn to John 8, 20, the setting. You know, I named the series the Snapshots of My Savior because in the New Testament, there's so many snapshots of Jesus where you can just see Jesus and, and, and the whole setting is described. And you can just get a sense of exactly what's happening, not only historically and, and, you know, whether you're a Bible scholar or not, but you can get a sense of the people and where their hearts are at. And I really believe that's the heart of God, for us to go back in that time and realize that people are no different today than they were then. And if you look in John 8:20, Jesus is teaching in the temple area and there's all of the religious people around him. And they are all giving unto the offering and it says that he is teaching in the temple area near the place where the offerings are put. So Jesus is talking at this time to the religious people, to the people who are in the temple, to the people who are giving of their finances, to the people who are worshiping God. He's not on a street corner somewhere. He's talking to the religious people. And he says this, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. If you continue in my word, the truth will make you free. And so he's talking to the people who, in their minds, they are continuing. They're going to the temple. They're going to hear God's word. They're giving of themselves. But he's saying something different. He's saying, only if you continue in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That word continue is so significant, and that's what I want to talk about. Continue. And God keeps saying in my heart, constantly continue, continue, continue. We went to a wedding last night and almost every sermon that I hear about a wedding and and they were talking to the couple, they're saying continue, continue, forgive one another, continue in this marriage. Because really isn't love about continuing, it's just continuing. It's getting up and continuing. When you look at the word continue, I looked it up in the Greek, and it's the word mino, and it means to abide, remain, dwell, tarry, not to depart, endure. To not leave, but to endure, to stay there, to continue. And people like to quote, if you know the word, the truth will set you free. Or the truth will set you free. Jesus is the truth, and he'll set you free. But that's not what Jesus himself said. He looked at the religious people and he said, you know what, you're giving of your, of your money. He's sitting there next to the offering. You're giving of your money, you're giving of your time, you're coming to hear the word, but that's not all there is. It's in continuing in my word. If you continue in me, you'll be set free. And that is so powerful. That message is so powerful of continuing because, see, continuance, When I started looking at this and studying this, I realized that it's continuance that moves the heart of God to compassion. 
continuance. It's the people that don't give up. They continue to go on with God. You know, we know so much about the story of the loaves and the fish and how Jesus multiplied them, and that's just such a familiar story. But do you know why his heart was moved to compassion to do that incredible miracle where he took the little boy's lunch and multiplied it to feed thousands upon thousands of people? It says in the Word right here in Matthew 15:12. Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude. Why? Because they continue with me now three days. You see, continuing with God moves his heart in compassion to do the miracles that you need. And yet continuance is the one thing that I feel like we as believers lack. It's so easy to start something. It's a lot harder to continue. Mark 13.13 talks about enduring until the end. And the Apostle Paul many, many times compares the Christian life with a race. And he talks about running the race and continuing in the race and finishing the race. In Mark, um, in Hebrews 12.1, Paul says, Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Acts 20, verse 24 says, I consider my life worth nothing to me if I don't finish the race. Pretty strong words. In 2 Timothy 4.7, it's the scripture that we all hope to hear God say one day, Well done, good and faithful servant. Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. It's in continuing. You know, it's so easy to start a race. It's so easy to start out in your Christian walk, to start out in serving God, to start out in excitement about the Word of God. But the continuing part is what's going to set you free. It's not the starting part. It's not the emotion part. It's not the, oh my gosh, you know, this is exciting. It's in the continuing, the continuing, the continuing. And that's what God keeps talking to my heart about. You know, many times, even in the summer, it's so easy for us to just not continue and to think, oh, I'll just pick it up in the fall. And the reason I want people to have CDs, the reason that our ministry is so much about CDs and getting out the Word, is because people need to continue in the Word of God. It is the Word that will set you free. But you have to continue in it. You can't just start it and then stop it and expect for it to work in your life. It's in continuing and finishing. I did the fifth grade track meet. I was called to be um, a picker in the fifth grade track meet. And what that is, is at my daughter's school, they have a big giant track meet where all the elementary schools in our district which is two, <laughs> but anyway, Cambridge and Woodridge, meet at the Alma Heights High School track, and there is lots and lots of races. And I was chosen to be a picker, which basically I just choose, I pick who has won the race, which is kind of funny because my four-year-old, I'm always telling him not to be a picker, and then y'all didn't get that, but anyway... <laughs> He said, Mom, where are you going? I said, well, I'm going to go be a picker at a track meet. And he said, oh, you're not supposed to do that. And it took me a while to figure out what he was thinking. But anyway, um, 
and I wasn't a timer. They were smart enough to know I shouldn't be a timer because that would have been a disaster. I had Brian Stuckey with me, which pretty much, I could pretty much coach any professional team doing anything with Brian Stuckey because he just tells you what to do, and he's so good at it. But you know what stuck with me? What was so incredible about that is that there was a time when there was a relay, and all the teams are going through, and there's so much confusion around, and, you know, here comes first place, second place, third place, fourth place, fifth place, and then we thought the relay was over, so people were starting to kind of convene on the track and hand out ribbons, and all of a sudden, I heard this loud coach's voice, get off the track, move off the track, and I thought, what in the world? Move off the track. And you know what it was? It was one kid running in to finish the race. And his team was way behind the other teams, but he was determined to finish. And we all got off the track, and he finished. And I thought, you know, that's a beautiful picture. That is what God keeps telling me. It's not about being first or second or third. It's about continuing and finishing. And that guy was on a relay team where it may not have been that he was so slow. It may have been that someone on his team tripped or that they got a bad start or whatever. But he was determined to continue and finish. It would have been so much easier for him to just say, oh, forget it. We're so behind and just walk off the field. But you don't get a ribbon. You get no reward for that. You know, so many of us, we've gotten not so good of a start in life on that first relay. Maybe it wasn't our fault. Maybe the baton was not handed to us in a way that we got off in a good start. But God doesn't say that that gives us an excuse not to continue. He says, continue the race. Run the race. Continue the marriage. Continue. One of the reasons that I feel so blessed in our ministry is we have a prayer team that continues. It's easy to say, oh, sure, yeah, I'll pray. We'll pray every week. And then every week kind of turns into once a month, which then turns into every couple of months. Our prayer team meets every Tuesday to pray. They are continuing They pray on their own every day, but they meet every Tuesday to pray over every request that we receive into our ministry. They're continuing. I can promise you that there are days that that is not convenient. I can promise you that there are days that one or all of them don't feel like praying. But what God keeps saying to me is it's not in what you feel like. It's not in what you're excited about. It's not in what your emotions are all stirred up about. It's in continuing. Jesus says if you continue in my word, you'll be set free. And I don't think we hear enough on just continuing. Just keep going. Don't quit. Continue. Jesus says to his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, something that I think is so significant because he is so hurt that they have left him alone and that they have not done what he asked them to do. And I'm realizing that what he was hurt about when they were asked to watch and pray and they all fell asleep, he was hurt that they weren't continuing on with him 
And he said, can't you even watch and pray for an hour? You see, the heart of God says, please continue. It's in the continuing that you're going to see the miracles because that's when my heart of compassion is moved, says God. It's in the continuing that you're going to be set free. It's not in the initial starting point. It's in finishing the race that God can say, well done, good and faithful servant. But it's in continuing in His Word that we're set free. Jesus warns us that many people will start the race, they'll receive the Word, in other words, but they won't continue. They won't endure. And they'll have things come and they'll just give up. He compares it to a farmer who sows the Word in Mark 4, 14 through 17. It says, The farmer sows the Word and many people will hear the Word and at once receive it with joy. Isn't that the truth? I mean, you hear something for the first time and your emotions are all churned up. It's easy to say, I'll do that. I'll get involved. When your emotions are all churned up and someone asks you to do something, what's harder is when you have to continue in it. And the emotions are all gone. And it's just all about having integrity and continuing. You know, reading and, and, and studying God's Word and getting God's Word in you isn't going to be about feeling like it. It's going to be about a decision to continue and go on with God. And that's what will set us free. The sower sows the Word, and it says, Many people will hear the Word and at once receive it with joy, but they have no root in themselves, and so they endure for a short time. They continue for a short time. And afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they're offended and fall away. And that's what happens. People receive the word. They become believers in Jesus Christ. They're excited about God's love for them. They're excited about the truth. They're excited about the things that God initially does when he sets us free. Because when you become a Christian, God does do so many things. And there's that mountaintop experience for many people. But I promise you there will be no fruit in that person's life unless they continue in the Word. There will not. Because it's the Word that sets us free. It's the Word that produces the fruit in our lives. And there's no such thing as as going on with God but not going forward. There's no such thing. You're either going backwards or you're going forward. And the only way that I know personally how to go forward is to get in the Word and stay in it and continue in it, whether you feel like it or not. Continuing on with God. So how do you continue on with the Word? I really think that love is a choice. You know, I... I have messages and CDs on that, but I really believe that love is a choice. And in this, I believe that you have to choose to love the Word first. You have to just say, it is first. I may not feel like it being first today, but it is first. It's choosing to love the Word. The Word is Jesus. And sometimes in choosing to love the Word, all the other things come along with it. Because if we wait until we feel like loving God or feel like loving the Word or feel like getting into the Bible, we're doing things backwards. We're doing things our way, and it's not going to work. 
God says, don't wait till you feel like it. Don't wait until it's a great opportunity. Don't wait until you've got that great, you know, emotion going. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Matthew 6.33. And all these things will be added. I know one of the things that's included in all those things is even your desire to be in the Word will be added. You see, it's just a decision. It's a continuance. I think about that one little boy finishing that race with all of those people moving off the track and realizing how late he was running in. And that took some just determination just to finish. And we need to have that and much more in us to just say, I'm just going to continue with God. And I'm going to trust that all these other things will be added. See, when you decide to put the Word first, the Word is Jesus Christ. The Bible says that He is the Word and the Word was with God. The Word is God. He was there from the beginning. Jesus is the Word. And when you put the Word first and decide to continue in the Word by listening to messages about the Word, by opening your Bible, by staying in the Word, continuing on with God, when you do that, then your heart begins to love God more because God is revealed through His Word. So many people are trying, trying, trying to love God, but you can't love somebody you don't know. You have to get to know the heart of God to really love Him. And at first, when you start something, it's hard. And then when you realize, oh my gosh, you know, I'm getting set free from unforgiveness. I'm getting set free from judgment. I'm getting set free from criticism. I'm a critical spirit towards others. I'm getting set free from addictions. I'm getting set free from anxiety and worry. I'm getting set free. And nobody will have to convince you to get in the Word. You will knock over chairs and run through doors and leap over high buildings to get into the Word. But it's that initial continuance that will begin to set you free to where you know this is the truth. I can't live without it. And that is what I feel is bubbling up inside me to tell Christians, don't quit. Don't quit. It's not about the initial marriage ceremony. Last night at that wedding, the rector, pastor, preacher, or whatever you want to call him, didn't say, okay, this is it. You made the commitment, everything's smooth sailing from here. It's a honeymoon. Lacey and I have only been married about, well, almost 17 years. We can tell them, you could tell them, it's not a honeymoon. It's continuing. And it's not only continuing to live in the same house, it's continuing to choose to love one another. And it's the same way with God, you know, When we become Christians, we become one with Him. We become married to Him. We are called the Bride of Christ. But it's not all about the marriage ceremony and the honeymoon. It's about continuing on when you don't feel like it. When there's distractions all around you. When it would be so much easier to just blow off listening to the Word. Blow it off. And I'm saying, don't do that. Continue, because the fruit of your life that we so want in our life, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, is only 
given to us through continuing with God, going on with God. When you put God first, everything else is added, but you have to hear his word. Romans 10, 17, one of my favorite scriptures, that faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. It's in hearing God's word that our faith is built and comes continually to us. And I hear so many people say, you know, I'd read the word more if I just kind of had more faith and I'm always thinking and wishing I had more faith and I'm always thinking, you know, I, I wished I could believe like you believe and pray like you pray. Wishing will do nothing. You don't get faith by wishing or even by praying. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. Because when you hear God's Word, you hear God's heart. The Word is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and able to cut through joint and marrow to get to your heart. And when you hear God's heart, you understand the depth of His love for you. You understand that He loves you when you can't love yourself. That He understands you when you can't understand yourself. That He has the answers to your problems. That He has the solutions to your life. That he wants to speak to you every moment of every day. But it's in that initial decision to love the word and put it first so that you can hear it and your faith is built. Hearing the word is so important. Hearing the word combats the believer's two biggest enemies. You know, I could do a whole conference on this, but I believe in my heart that every believer has two biggest enemies, and they both start with the letter F. Feelings and fear. Your two biggest enemies. Feelings and fear. Feelings many times come from your own flesh, which is what we're not supposed to be living out of. We're supposed to be living out of our spirit and not out of our feelings. You know, going back to our prayer team for our ministry, there's probably many, many times they don't feel like praying for somebody. They don't feel like following through with their commitment. There's times I don't feel like going and teaching. Almost every time I don't feel like going and teaching, God does a miracle. He wants us to be that little boy in the race where the coaches have to say, clear the track, that one's going to finish. Don't you want that in your life? I don't want to be a starter. It's so easy to be a starter. I want to be someone who grits down, continues, and finishes. And Jesus says to the people who love God that are in the temple, or they call themselves religious, and today we'd say they're in the church. Great, you're giving into the offering. It's great that you're here. But if you continue in my word, the word will be what will set you free. Continuing in God's Word is where you will change. Your life will change. The Word is what renews your mind. Romans 12.2 says, Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove the will of God, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. And when our mind is renewed with the Word, which every time you read the Word, every time you hear the Word, so much happens. You hear the word and your faith is built. And sometimes it may be noticeable to you and other times it may not. But the word of God promises that 
faith comes from hearing and hearing the word. So every time you hear the word, your faith is built. Every time you hear the word or read the word, your mind is renewed. And you become a little bit less like the world and a little bit more like God. And we need that. Because I believe more than anything that so many Christians around the world are more like the world than they are like Jesus. And that's why the world can't even see Jesus. Because we act just like anybody else. Matter of fact, we act worse. A lot of the time, I know a lot of non-Christians that are a lot nicer than Christians. Sorry, but honesty is not a problem for me. Renewing our minds renews our, our whole way of thinking, which then changes our actions. And if you change the way you think, which changes what you do, then it changes your life. Just from getting in the Word. Just from continuing. And so many people are praying, God, change my life, change my life, change my life. But they won't continue in His Word. And He says, see, if you seek me first, you seek my Word first, my Word will change your life. All these other things that you want to be changed will be changed. External things, whereas they might be circumstances, change but also internal things. God, I don't want to be so anxious. God, I don't want to be so angry. God, I don't want to be so full of unforgiveness. Change me, change me, change me. And he's saying, get in my word, get in my word, get in my word. It is my word that will set you free. It is my word that will bring my compassion. And you know what? I'm going to tell you the truth. Some of us are not going to change without a miracle. We need the compassion of God to change us or to change our circumstances, or to change our children, or to change our lives, or to change our spouses. We need it, and God's heart of compassion is moved by continuance in Him, in His Word. Why did He multiply the fish and the bread? Because He told His disciples, they've continued on with me. His heart was moved with compassion because the crowd continued with Him. They continued on. When you read the Word, it truly does combat feelings and fear. Feelings, I said, come from the flesh. Fear comes from Satan. And people have said, no, that's not right. Fear is a feeling. Well, God says fear is a spirit. Some of you may not know that, but the Word of God says fear is a spirit. 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, God has not given you a spirit of fear. And so many times we are combating our own feelings and combating things that are coming from the enemy. And we need God's Word because God's Word is His sword. And we are in a battle. And if you think for one minute that the enemy is going to let you become an effective, on-fire believer for God and just leave you alone and let you change the world or even let you make an impact in your family, or even let you change without attacking you, you're crazy. Jesus taught us that Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus said that he came here that he might destroy, Jesus might destroy the works of the devil. And so a lot of people don't like to talk about the enemy, and there's even some churches that preach that he's not really real, 
Well, you'd have to trash about half the New Testament and half of what Jesus taught because Jesus said, there is a devil, he is real, he is out to get you, and you have one powerful, offensive weapon against him. One. And it's the sword, which is the word of God. One. And yet I see so few Christians getting out the word. When feelings come to you, get out the word. When fear comes to you, get out the word. When I receive the news of of leukemia, a fear, a spirit of fear, and just enveloped me to where I felt like I was, it was that time, you you know when you, you you all have had fear, where you're breaking out in a cold sweat, and and you feel like you're going to black out, and you feel like you're going to throw up, and you feel like you're going to panic, and it's fear. And I looked at Lacey and I said, I am in so much fear. There's a spirit of fear. And he didn't say, I'm so sorry, honey. You know, we're going to get this little leukemia thing under control. That would have done nothing, nothing, nothing for me. He put his hands on me and he said, my wife has not received a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. He got out the sword. But he only knew to do that because he had continued in God's word. You don't know when you're going to need faith. You don't know when you're going to need to be able to stand up and fight. Continue so that you can run the race with endurance and so you can fight the good fight. Continue past your feelings and past the conveniences of um, just liking what you're doing. I mean, so many times when I wake up in the morning, I don't feel like reading the Word. But now, over all these years of reading the Word and studying the Word, you can't keep me from it. And I want to say this too. You know, I realize that not everybody is called to stay in the Word and love the Word and five and six hours in the Word. That comes from God really calling you to be a teacher. And it took me a while to understand that because if anyone ever said, I'll watch your kids for six hours... I would run upstairs and and get in the Word, and that would be exciting to me. And it took a few people to say, Kathleen, not everybody is excited about that. Not everybody would be excited to go study the Word for six hours. But that's exactly why our ministry gives CDs. You know, take CDs with you. Listen to the Word. Let them change your life. Hear the Word. Let your faith be built. Give out the Word. That's what's going to change somebody else's life. That's exactly why we formed this ministry. Because the Word has changed my life. It's changed Lacey's life. The Word is Jesus Christ. And without Jesus, we become Christians and we live like the rest of the world. We act like the rest of the world. We have anxiety and fear and we don't look any different than anybody else. And why would the world want to follow God if there's nothing to it? But see, with the Word, we're set free. We're set free from all that would encumber us. And we're changed. I can't tell you how many adults call me and they said they, they, their main prayer, their main heartfelt cry is, I need to change. I want to change. And many, many times when I talk to them long enough, I find out they're not in the Word. You can't change without God talking to you through His Word to set you free. Because that's the way He set it up. Seek that first, and all these other things will be added. 
It's God's Word that sets you free. If you continue in my Word, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you continue in my Word. I talked about loving the Word and putting Him first. I talked about hearing the Word, which is really my heart cry. Hear the Word, hear the Word, hear the Word. I hear the Word when I get dressed in the morning. I hear the Word in my car. I hear the Word while I'm cooking. I didn't say I cooked a lot. I just said while I was cooking, I did hear the Word. But I hear the Word all the time, and it's the Word that changes me. I can be going down into the biggest funk, and I have to put on the Word, and all of a sudden, everything's different. See, God's Word is alive. It's not a feel-good thing. It's alive. And the Word of God comes down and accomplishes the will of God. And so, even when I am giving a talk, I have no idea when I'm saying the Word of God what that Word is doing in you. Only God does because He has a purpose in that. He has a will in that. I've gone and spoken before where I gave out the Word of God just in Scripture and teaching, and I may have one goal and directive, and people have said, okay, this area of my body was healed. The Word heals. The Word. The Word can take oppression off you and depression off you. The Word can change someone's circumstances completely. The Word brings you peace. And the one thing the enemy doesn't want is for you to be in the Word. He doesn't want you to continue in the Word. Because if you continue in the Word, your life is going to change. And when your life changes, you're going to change a lot of other people's lives. And then he's in trouble. It's only in continuing in the Word. We're supposed to be the great army of God. And I can't imagine an army marching out against the enemy with no weapon. And our only weapon is the sword, and the sword is the Word of God. And I see, most of the time, an army of Christians with no weapons. And we wonder why we're defeated. I feel so defeated, Kathleen. I feel so defeated. I feel defeated in my marriage. I feel defeated with my children. I feel defeated in my life. Are you in the Word? Do you have your sword out? Are you using the weapons that God's given you? No. It's continuing in the Word. And God knows us. He knows that we all continue in the Word in different ways. Lacey and I continue in the Word in different ways. Lacey would not be excited to have six hours on his hand to go study the Bible. He wouldn't, because that's not his gift. But Lacey listens to the Word, and he does spend time in the Word, because it's in continuing in the Word that you're set free. So we have to love the, the Word, which love is a choice. I just have to say, I love the Word. I'm going to spend time with the Word. And then we have to hear the Word, which will bring our faith up to a whole new level every single time. And it will renew our minds so that we can prove the will of God, which will change our lives and change the lives of other people. And then thirdly, we have to do the Word. James 1.22 says, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. I think one of the biggest 
spirits that Satan has unleashed upon this church in our generation is the spirit of self-deception. I think the worst thing to be is self-deceived. And here it is in James, it says if you listen to the Word, know the Word, but you're not doing it, you're deceiving yourself. You're just deceiving yourself. Continuing in the Word is getting so much Word in me that it makes me have an easier chance of, of doing God's will, of following God's ways. So many of us are so frustrated because we want to love. We want to do God's will. We want to forgive people. We want to walk in mercy. We don't want to react in anger. We want to change. We want to grow. We want to trust. We don't want to have anxiety. We want to have the wisdom of God. But we don't get in the Word. And we're frustrated and we're self-deceived. Instead of just saying, God, I choose to put your Word first. I choose to love your Word. And I need your Word. I'm going to hear it. I'm going to hear it. I'm going to hear it. I'm going to put it in instead of my favorite CD. I'm going to listen to it whether I feel like it or not. And don't make a law out of it. As soon as you make a law out of it, then it's not going to work. I'm just saying have that heart desire to get in His Word and stay in His Word. I'm going to open up your Word in the morning. I desperately need you, God. I need you to change my circumstances. I need you to change my spouse. I need you to change me. I need you to change my children. I need you to change my life. And He says, okay. Seek me first, Matthew 6.33. Seek me first. Seek the Word of God first. And all those other things will be added. And don't be a hearer and not a doer. A doer, to me, is not someone who does everything perfect. It's not someone who got off on the right start and they're running the race just really good and everyone's yelling for them, yes, 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 yes. And they know they're going to get the blue ribbon. A doer is that little boy that we cleared the track for. That's a doer of the Word. A doer is someone who continues and runs the race and finishes. Continuing in God's Word. Continue. Hebrews 3.12 says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you with an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it's still called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. This is an exhortation to us that we're to encourage one another. We're to encourage one another to continue in God's Word and not get deceived and to depart from the living God. Depart means to not continue. Depart means to just walk away. Walk away from the truth. Walk away from the Word. but to continue on. And then we're partakers. Then we inherit what God says that we can have. 
I came that you might have life and life abundant. But you know what word sticks out to me in that scripture in John 10.10? The second part, Jesus says, I came that you might. But it's conditional upon our continuing. I think it's amazing that we live in a country where we can pass out CDs. If we were in some places in China and all over the world, all over the world, not only would we be meeting in secret, but we would not be passing out CDs of God's Word with anybody's name on there. Because we could be imprisoned and we could be killed. And human nature to me says that if that was the case here, we would do it more. But it's just that it's so free and it's so out there and it's so available that we don't acknowledge this is the Word of God that He has freely enabled for us, particularly in free countries around the world who have freedom in religion, to have in surplus. And we're going to be held responsible. How much of that Word do you have in you to give away? Too much has been given, much is expected. I just want to encourage you to continue in the Word. When your life is changed, you'll change the lives of other people. And when their lives are changed, it'll change the world. And it won't be because you're such a great runner, or you haven't made any mistakes, or you got the right start, or you're so smart or you don't have a bad temper, or you didn't make bad decisions. It'll be because you didn't give up. It'll be because you continued on. And you stayed with it. Stay with God's Word. Heavenly Father, I just thank You for Your Word. I thank You that You tell us so clearly that if you continue in My Word, you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Father, let us put everything else down to continue in your word. Let us not only integrate the word into our lives, let's integrate our lives into the word. Father, let us be doers of your word. Let us be the kind of people that you can speak to and change. Let us seek to be hearers of the word because we know that that it is in hearing the Word that we receive faith, that faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of God. God, we want to be a generation of faith. We want to be a generation that makes a difference. We want our children to know You. But God, it does begin with us. Father, I, I pray in the name of Jesus that You would give us a continual supernatural hunger for Your Word. And I know that You answer that prayer because I and pray with so many empty people. And I know they're empty because the Word is not there to fill the place that only the Word can fill. And I just pray, God, that You would lead us and that we would continue to run that race by getting that Word in us. And Father, for those of us who've made commitments in ministry, for those of us that have made commitments to serve You, let us decide to continue. Continue when it's not fun. Continue when it's hard. Continue when no one's cheering us on. Father, we thank You that as we continue, You promise us that we will hear one day, well done, good and faithful servant. You have kept the faith. You have run 
the race you have finished. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. We hope that you've enjoyed Kathleen's message. To order a copy of this and other messages, please call us in San Antonio, Texas at 210-822-5500 or toll free outside the San Antonio area, 877-397-7773. That's 1-877-397-7773. Visit our website, KathleenWitten.org. K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N-W-H-I-T-T-E-N.org. Thank you.